Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. It's a great passage of scripture, isn't it? I'm looking forward to walking, walking through it with you and uh, unpacking what God would have to say to us today. If you have your tablets or smartphones or Bibles with you, I, I would encourage you to open up this passage. We're going to walk through it. I spend a lot of time mentoring other pastors, and uh, one of the top five challenges that pastors face is conflict in the church. Some people don't get along with other people in the church, and that's nothing new. You probably know we've been working our way through uh, Philippians. We're taking a walk through Philippians. There was conflict in, in that church, too. A little later on in the book, Paul's going to write in Philippians chapter 4, verse 2, I urge Herodia and I plead with Synecdoche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Paul's saying, get along with each other, right, ladies? Um, uh, that verse was written in a prominent place in the letter, and we can suppose that their conflict with each other was heavy on Paul's mind. But Paul doesn't start by addressing that particular conflict. He starts by talking about the theology of unity, what it means for the people of God to be together. We live in a world that's politicized and polarized. The attitudes, these attitudes have crept into the church. Now, we've been blessed at Asbury, although we have different opinions on the issues of the day. There has been a spirit of peace, and, and that's Something people, that's something really to give thankful for, thanks for. That is amazing, and way to go for doing that. However, as a church, we always need to be vigilant about unity. We have to continue to guard our peace. So when it, it comes to the passage that we're looking at today, I, I want to encourage you to take this to heart. Now, the theme that we're going to look at, and the theme of this passage of Scripture, is found in verse 5. It says this, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. These verses are about your relationship with one another, and our call is to have the same mindset, the same attitude, some uh, translated as, as Christ Jesus. And with that in mind, let's jump into the passage. Paul, Paul starts out by appealing to what the Philippians have found in their salvation in Jesus Christ. Verse 1 says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, Paul asks, have you been encouraged by being united with Christ? That Christ is in you and you are in him? And the fact that Christ is in you, that's your hope of glory. You are spiritually connected with, with Christ. God has adopted you into his family. You have a relationship with the God of, God of the, the universe. Paul says, aren't you encouraged by that? Which I say, amen. Paul then says, have you found any comfort in God's love? God could, love, could not love you any more than he already does because he loves you deeply and profoundly, and that love does not change. 
He sent His Son to die because He loves you. He, he has given you a great and precious promises because He loves you. He loves you on your worst day when everything is going wrong and things are difficult. He loves you on your worst day when you failed Him. He loves you. You, you found comfort in God's love, right? Paul then asks, well, well, have you experienced being connected to each other by the same Spirit? You've been made part of the family of God. You've been ministered by, uh, to by God through God's people, people using their gifts, and, and you've heard great teaching, great preaching. You've heard, uh, been encouraged by people's words. You've, you've been built up. You've been served. Um, you have the same Spirit and, and the Holy Spirit in common with other believers. Paul says, right? Paul then says, do you have any tenderness and compassion, people? Do you have any tenderness and compassion? In your heart of hearts, you care for people, don't you? You have this, this sense that our Heavenly Father is compassionate and you want to be like Him. And, and, and that compassion is in you, right? He says, well, of course it is. Well, Paul says, I know that this is all true of you. You've experienced these things as, as people who walk with God, who receive Jesus into their life. So I want you to know, so make my joy complete by walking out the fullness of your experience in, in Christ with one another. Verse 2 says, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Paul says, if you really want the full experience of your salvation, then be like-minded. Have the same love. Being one in mind and your spirit. Your, your, your relationship with God was, was never meant to be divorced from your relationship with each other, with fellow believers. Part of walking into the fullness of your salvation is to learn to be in right relationship with other followers of Jesus. And this is what the passage is about, your relationship with others. Now, when Paul says, be like-minded, he's not saying we all have to think alike. Uh, it's not saying that because I'm cheering for the Buffalo Bills to win the, the, the Super Bowl this year, that you have to cheer for the Buffalo Bills too. That's not what it's saying. Uh, that's not what it means to be like-minded. It's not saying that what I believe about vaccinations, or mass, or politics, that we need to agree on those issues. That's not what it means to be like-minded. It's a little bit difficult to get... Uh, what Paul is saying in this particular passage, because we are reading it in English, and we miss some of the pieces that would be obvious if you were reading Greek. Being like-minded, the first phrase, and being one in spirit and one in mind, those are just uh, basically the same word with a, a, a little different uh, ending on them, just nuanced, a little bit different. And those are, are verbs. And we think of like-mindedness as a noun, but uh, being like-minded 
being one in spirit, that's, that's an action. It's actually happening. You're living it out. You're, it's your, your state of, of being. And it's, uh, it's action-oriented. It's dynamic. And it's helpful to know that, but it's also helpful to know that in verse 5, when it says, in your relationships with each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, when it says mindset, again, that is the same word as like-mindedness. Some translations translate it, have the same attitude as, as Christ Jesus. Same word, like-mindedness. So, so Paul's going to try to explain what he means by being like-minded. He doesn't mean that we should all think the same on particular issues but that we should think the same in regards to the value of other believers around us. Verse 3. Do nothing. Do nothing. Out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Selfish ambition has that sense of a strong drive towards personal success without any moral inhibitions. You do things out of rivalry, out of resentment, um, and maybe even out of hostility. That's the idea of selfish ambition. Vain conceit is the idea of having a cheap or an empty pride. It's pride without a proper base. It's kind of like having a an actor make authoritative statements on medicine because they played a doctor once. Paul says, don't even think of acting out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. These are things that should not be found in the body of Christ. They, they shouldn't be found in us. But he says, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each to the interests of others. Here's where it gets tough. Like-mindedness does, does not mean holding the same opinion about, about the things around us. It means holding the same opinion of the value of those around us. In humility, value others above yourselves. The reason why this is difficult is because we tend to value people because, by what they do or don't do. Or we may value people because of their status, or position, or popularity. I hold the position of pastor at Asbury. Does that mean that I am more valuable than a small group leader? Or a custodian? Answer is no. As a pastor, I am to count the custodian is more valuable than me. I'm to value them above myself. I found that we all have reasons to think ourselves special. And you are special. And you're unique. And you all have different gifts and graces and backgrounds that make you special. And it's not wrong to value yourself. It's not. But when it comes to relationships with your brothers and sisters in Christ, in humility, 
value others above yourself. We all have things that we take a look at and we think make us valuable. Our education. Or maybe it's just that we've grown old and outlasted the people around us. There's all kinds of things that you can say you're special. And that's true. You are unique and uniquely loved by God. But it's what the Bible says, in humility, value others above yourself. One of the remarkable things about Asbury is the number of people connected with our church that are on the autism spectrum. Um, if we are reading this verse correctly, then we need to regard them as more valuable than ourselves. And I know that that will grate on some of you the wrong way. But Paul gives this illustration. Verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset, translated attitude, as I said before, the same word, like-minded. Have the same like-mindedness as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, I may think I have status as a pastor, or you may think you have status because of who you are and how you think about yourself. But that doesn't come close to Jesus' status, right? He was in very nature God. But, says, but, he did not consider him equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. If anyone could claim himself ahead of others, if it was Jesus. If anyone had, could have valued themselves more than others, it was Jesus. But he didn't do that. Verse 7. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient uh, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So when Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value, value others above yourselves, he's saying, be like Jesus. That's that? Be like Jesus. Here's the question. Do you value others above yourself? I know some of you think, well, in order for me to do that, I would have to devalue myself. I'd have to pretend that I, ha I have less value than I do. And that is not true. He's not asking you to value yourself less. He's asking to value others more. Jesus didn't value himself less by serving. He chose to take the lower position and show us how much he valued others. What would it look like if you were to live this out and value others more than yourself? Let's go back to verse 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. I think the New American Standard Version gets it right. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but the, the interests of others. 
We naturally tend to look out for our own interests. If we didn't, we wouldn't work, we wouldn't eat. But our call is not merely to look out for our own interests, but to look out for the interests of others. I'm, and I know this is countercultural. I, I know this is what our culture ta- teaches us. Remember that Paul was writing to Christians about their relationship with each other. So I'll limit the illustrations to the church. In my experience, talking to a lot of people and pastoring for a long time, most of the fights and conflicts that happen in church fall into the preference category. Um, We have our own tastes, we have our own preferences, and we want the church we go to to cater to those likes and to those preferences the things we like. We have preferences about music, about decorating. I've even known some churches to split over the paint color on the wall. Some enjoy hymns, others enjoy courses. And there's nothing wrong with having your own preferences. That's a human thing to do, right? You have your own preference. Nothing wrong with that at all. But here's the thing. The people who go to church with you probably have different preferences than you do, right? You know how human beings are, right? People have different preferences. That's what makes us, the world, an interesting place to live. So hear God's word to you. In humility, Value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. One of the challenges of church, of course, is the different age groups that needs different things. Kids need something different than youth who need something different than young adults who need something different than married people that need something different from uh, empty nesters and seniors. If we don't do what the Scripture says then we'll get annoyed with crying babies in church and youth being rambunctious around the church and young uh, marrieds being tired and seniors being limited. Instead of going there, people, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each to the interests of the others. The church, um, the most challenging place to find volunteers, children's ministry, youth ministry, and prayer ministry. These ministries are all about others. I don't know if you've ever done youth before, but they don't really learn to be thankful until they hit their 20s, right? It can be a really thankless ministry sometimes. Sometimes they'll come back to you and they, they, you know, they know what you've done. But it's about other people's kids and other people's requests when we're talking about prayer. They take time, they take energy, and all of us have a limited amount of those things. In humility, value other people above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each to the interests of the others. Back to verse 5. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset, the same attitude 
as Christ Jesus. Be like-minded with Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking on the very nature of a servant, he, he, he being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Did you catch that? He humbled himself. When you value others above yourself, you are humbling yourself. When you look to the interests of others, you are humbling yourself. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't take advantage of the fact that he was God. Rather, he valued others above himself. He became human. He took on the nature of a servant. And he put others' interests above himself. He humbles himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. If you want to look at what it means to do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking only to your own interests, but, but each of you to the interests of others, take a look at Jesus. That's the definition of humility. That's what he was. That's what he did. Now here's what the Apostle Peter says about humility. He says to the church, all of you Clothe yourself with humility towards one another. Same thing Paul was saying, right? Because, catch this, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble, gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. James 4 says the same thing. Humble yourself, and he'll exalt you. Clothe yourself in humility. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If you want grace, value others above yourself. Look out for other people's interests. Peter says, listen, listen, if you humble yourself, in due time, when the time is right, you are going to be lifted up. He's going to exalt you. Jesus humbled himself to the point of death. And let's go back to our, our passage in Philippians and look what happened to Jesus, verse 9. Therefore, because Jesus humbled himself is what the therefore is about, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's just like God, he's consistent Peter and James tells us, you humble yourself in due time, you'll be ex exalted. Jesus humbled himself, and, and God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name. The focus of this passage is your relationship with each other, but I, I, I need to just take a, a, a few minutes and talk to you about your glorious Lord. This passage of Scripture describes the Jesus of today. He, it says he is exalted to the highest place. 
There is none that rank above Jesus. He is head over all. All authority and power and dominion are his. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. His name is above every name. That is not referring to his title. That is, uh, the name encompasses the person, and he is above all else. The person behind the name is powerful. And whether we call on the name of the Lord, uh, when we call on the name of the Lord, we bring all of who Christ is to bear on the situation. In his name, Jesus brings light to the darkness. In the name of Jesus, there is healing and there is wholeness. There is peace. There is strength. There is hope in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. When you call in the name of Jesus, he's there. And it gives you power over the enemy. And like Paul says in Philippians, there will come a day when, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is coming a time when he will not only be exalted as he is in heaven right now, but he will be seen for he is by everyone. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the only response when you see who he really is is to bow and worship we drop to our knees and say, you are Lord, you are risen from the dead, and you are Lord. Worthy is our Lord to receive glory and honor and power and dominion and strength. Our Lord is wonderful. When we read this passage, at least when I read this passage, I am also often so caught up in who Jesus is that I kind of miss Paul's point in your relationship with each other. Be like-minded. Be like Jesus. Humble yourself. Be like Jesus. Don't merely look out for your own interests, but the interests of others. Be like Jesus. That's the life God blesses. How about you? Is this an area of transformation for you? I know it doesn't come easy. I know we don't always get it right. But as I've been speaking, has God been speaking to you about your attitude or action towards believers? You know what to do when that happens, right? You're, you agree with God and you confess, Lord, you're right, I'm wrong. And you repent, you turn, and you, you run towards the Lord. Verse 5. In your relationships with each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but, but each of you to the interests of others. Can you imagine a church that was full of people who were living this out to the max? Now that would be a community that people would run to be a part of. And I see inklings of this at Asbury. And I believe this attitude can be multiplied. We started today about talking about conflict in the church. There was conflict in Philippi. To the address the conflict, Paul started off by talking about the theology of unity. He says, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and mind. I'll tell you what he was telling the people of Philippi. 
Be like Jesus. Let's pray. Thanks, Lord, for your word that reminds us what we have. We have found encouragement, and we have found oh, strength in your love, and we've been ministered to by your spirit through each other. And yeah, we've experienced tenderheartedness and compassionate and compassion. And so, Lord, I'm praying that, that we would be a people who would be like Jesus, who are humble. And Lord, although we don't think alike, that we would have the same attitude about each other. That we would value people above ourselves. Lord, help us to be the kind of community that you died to make. Lord, I find myself challenged by this passage. And so Lord, forgive me where I've done wrong and put myself ahead of others. Lord, in these moments of silence, I'd ask that you would speak to each one of us. Lord, help us to be like you. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, all I ask is to be like him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, all I ask is to be like him. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.